Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to We Say Things, episode 185. Sponsored that is a high number. By Manscaped. Breaking news, Manscaped is now selling beard products. That's right. They've gone from waist to face to help you replace that bulky razor with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Manscaped helped you get the golden rod of a Greek god, and now they've created <laughs> the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean, perfectly groomed, and conditioned beard. Finally, tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and using our code, we say things for 20% off and free shipping. So, <laughs> golden rod of a Greek god. I have been using their beard oil. All right. And my beard druff, aka dandruff in my beard, is no more, Cinderin. It really? actually worked within the first week. <laughs> I am. Damn. I am very happy about that because that is one of the like i have a list of disgusting things about me that was one of them i can take that off the list 15 items instead of 16 yeah there's still several but it's at a threshold that the wife is apparently comfortable with so thank you manscaped for making my remaining ones manscaped probably can't help you with because they're personality related and we don't have those products yet Maybe in the future because they sure I don't think do they have, have like an anti belch lotion, for example. Like they can't stop you from being yourself. That's right. The I mean, I wouldn't want any. I, even if they provided us with something like that, I would not even attempt to try it because that's you would actually a joy. refuse to be sponsored by them anymore. It's a joy they, in my life. Like, anyway, thank yeah. you to Manscaped for sponsoring all our episodes so far. Uh, remember, if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code We Say Things, you get twenty percent off and free shipping. Patrons. So I, I may oh. have may have fucked up last week, Cinderin. Oh, Shannon, uh, what happened? So I have this whole system where I get the names for the Patreon or the patrons before the stream, and I just have this whole system. I just like brain dead do it right. Mm-hmm. I tried doing it while I was streaming, just off and on, and I forgot to do the last step, which was, you know, the easiest part, which is copy paste. So my apologies. To la- especially to Mr. Niebling, as we'll see his name very shortly, uh, as a very sorry, as a uh, an apology, trying to make it up to you, Cinderin will read the first half of this in Bruges list. Uh, what what a what a great way of making it up to him. That's so considerate of you. Thank you. How about you read the extra fact that he's missing now because he did make a new one for you last week that you forgot. Then that's what this one is. I don't think he changed okay. it. Oh, so he didn't change it now because I yes. see. Because he was actually okay, got it. Okay, thank you to Charlie Kaching Chin, T Coil, recommending the movie RRR to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I just looked that up. That is apparently um 
I think it's an Indian movie. 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Not too bad. Rise, Roar, Revolt. A fictitious story about two legendary revolutionaries and their journey away from home before they started fighting for their country in the 1920s. Okay, there you go, Shannon. That's your next movie. Thank Stupid. You. Oh, wait, hang on. Q Lutz had a human baby last weekend. Wish us luck. Congratulations. Congrats. Stupid co pilot. D2 Bowie. Servant of Morgoth. Yatoro does it again, Sindarin. I'll do this. I'll only do this once. Silly ad. Addy Mac ad. Daddy ad. Santa's Balsack ad. Schadenfreude ad. Sen. <laughs> Magdev, shout out to Manscaped for helping all the bros stay fresh for Valentine's this weekend. Hashtag this is not an ad. Hashtag keep your hu- keep your huevos be. Okay. <laughs> My grandma still don't know, still doesn't know what Dota is. Disco Farm D. Dark Seas Stooge. Guardian plays Stooge. Oh, Guardian plays Stooge. Sawdage stooge, sawdaid stooge, sawdaid is my favorite word, not an ad. What's that? Is that a misspelled sausage? (laughs) The fact that somebody mimicked them and then they actually changed their name for the first time in six fucking months. What are the chances of that? (laughs) My goodness. So, so, so dade. Is okay. an emotional state of melancholic or profoundly nostalgic longing for a beloved yet absent something or someone. Okay. So it's what you feel about um, being a pro at CS. That's so, so dead right there. Not to be mistaken for so bade, the Twitch emote. <laughs> the Mega Pope. Well, NZ is fucked, Cyclones suck, but still TI in New Zealand. Yeah, I hope things get better. The. Weather is, um, we've had some pretty interesting weather situations this year already. Interesting is obviously not a positive word in that context. It's, it's great. Zan Xavier and Nate Thicko 01 Hamscroats. Thank you also to Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Guitar Strings, Eve Remort, Wood Chat GPT, Guess the Meaning of My Name. Ben, T.I. in Seattle, I guess, Broomhead, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and The Fax Machine, also known as a Telefax or Telefaximile, Telefax, I don't know how to say that word, was first patented in 1843 by Alexander Bain, Mr. Niebling. How is that possible? Just the idea? 1843. The idea was patented, but they didn't make it for a hundred years or something? Even well, when did they make the first facts? I mean, it could not have been in the 1800s. No way. That's pretty crazy. Maybe the um, patent rules were a lot more lax back then. You could just come up with spaceship, and then you patented a spaceship. Scottish inventor Alexander Bain worked on chemical mechanical fax type devices, and in 1846 was able to reproduce graphic science in laboratory experiments. He received British patent, blah, 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 for his electric printing telegraph. He introduced the first commercial telefax service between Paris and Lyon in 1865. What the f- Okay. Some I... 11 years before the invention of the telephone. Wow. That is... I didn't know that fax was before the phone. That's... That's interesting. What? I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? That you figure out how to send words before voice, maybe, I guess? 
I, I that's that I literally no broke my brain just now. So thank you for that. Uh, <clears throat> so episode. Uh, obviously, we're doing this episode at a different date because we were covering the major. And I believe this episode coming up in two days will not happen because this episode is taking its place. But we might do an impromptu version whenever, if, I mean, we'll talk about this a little later, if the patch comes out. So just stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. I have a couple small topics before we get started with Dota, if you don't mind, Cinder. I have a Suns fan oh. recommends. It's good, uh, as long as it's not basketball. I'm ready. Yeah, I took out the basketball thing. We'll talk oh, about amazing. that next week, guys. Sorry. Uh, so I have a Suns fan recommends that I've already recommended, but I rewatched it again for the fifth time now. And oh. it's so fucking good, I have to recommend it again. My favorite TV show of all time, The Leftovers. If you, got, I don't know how to explain it to you guys. Just don't bother looking at trailers. Nothing's going to... It is so fucking good. It... I don't know how to explain anything about it to make it sound enticing. But if you look at the reviews, it's very well reviewed. Best show I've ever seen. It's only three seasons, but it's not, they ended up canceling it, but they knew it was going to get canceled. So they actually wrapped up the story. So it's not like there's, you know, a ton of question marks or whatever, but it is a, an S tier show that, like I said, I watched for the fifth time. From the co-creator of Lost. Yeah, it has, uh, I forget the, mm. what's the, one of the producers is a really good director. But anyway, um, the acting in the show is just God tier. I, and the dialogue's amazing. Story's really cool. Very interesting. Kind of like very mysterious. Uh, mm. So I, just go watch it. Trust, trust, trust in my taste. Next thing, real briefly, uh, I have been waiting because we have a very we have a very helpful community, especially somebody in the in Bruce tier, I believe, in, on the Discord. Uh, I've been waiting to buy my computer that I talked about a month or so ago because the new AMD CPUs were going to come out, which is, I believe, the 7950X3D, I want to say, off the top of my head. Oh, did they make it in cooperation with Microsoft or what? Um, not too, yeah, that's, that would be pretty fitting, actually. 9050X3D Series X, I'm Googling it right now. 7950X3D, I believe. Okay, let me see, how much does this cost? It's like 600 it's not quite out yet, oh, but it comes that's... out in a few days, and... The reviews are starting to come in, and JJ, aka Pimp Munkle, has tweeted some initial benchmarks, and apparently it's extremely good for Dota, and it's just better than as I, again I haven't looked directly into like all the benchmarks, but apparently it's cheaper and better than the 13900K, which is what I was going to get for Intel. So it's going to be the first time I've had an AMD computer CPU since the Thunderbird days, which was oh, too many wow. years ago. So. I know two components in my computer. If you guys would like to help me pick out other stuff, uh, the the GPU will be a 4090. I'm going mega ham on this. And then after that, I haven't done any research. So motherboard would be helpful to know. And the big one that I've never done, and I'm doing pre-built this time, so don't, don't hate. I just don't have time to build my own this time around. Okay. I've never done water cooling, so I would like a very good water cool CPU. I've always done air cooler, but I would like it to be quiet for once in my life, so... Uh, any recommendations on extra hardware to accompany those two big juicy Wait. pieces? Those are the important ones for me. What's my cooler called? Is this called Stay Quiet? It's called something quiet, I think. If it has quiet in the name, not interested. No, but, but here's it the be thing. Quiet. It's, I think it's called Be Quiet. 
Um, so JJ built my computer back then, which is, I don't know, five or six years ago. He built this and, what and does that shipped mean? it he, to me. Oh, he shipped it to you? Yeah, he built it and shipped it to me, this wow. computer back then. Okay. And I think this one is air-cooled, and it's, I mean, it is, and it's really quiet. So I'm just saying, like, water cooling isn't a necessity to have a quiet PC. Like, this is very... So yours doesn't ramp up the CPU fan at any time? Mine, it's not like mine is like ridiculously loud. I got a really good cooler, but I just I would like to try water cool for once because it's just dead silent as far as I mean. I know. I'm not I'm not like this isn't exactly my forte at all when it comes to like building computers or anything like that. When I'm just saying in my World experience, Warcraft, this PC doesn't get I've loud. Cinderin, huh? When I play Dota on full settings and stream it, where my FPS tanks, it's not been an issue for me personally. But um. I'm just saying perhaps the difference between water cooling and air cooling at this point is maybe different than what you're referring to, which was maybe a bit more back in the day when things were... Well, back in the day, maybe... air cooler was better than water. Oh, I see. Well, I, anyway, I haven't, uh, I have not researched uh, anything, so maybe like, this is just something that I wanted, but it doesn't have to be. Like I have, what is my, C it's like the Noctua, the thing everybody gets, the CPU mm. coolers, very good. But anyway. So recommendations okay. are appreciated. Okay, so let's talk about the Lima Major Cinderman because we have been casting. We're done casting now. We did the groups. I had yep. to get up at 7 a.m. for God's sake to cast with you because Ugh. you can only do the early games. And then the one day we got scheduled for the later games, you couldn't do. So I cast with Kezu, which was a pleasure, by the way. Just a yeah. lovely Maybe lad. we should take more gigs where we have late games so you can cast with someone else. That might be good. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish um, that I could wake up at a normal time for me, which is degeneracy, of course, and just not have to worry about feeling like shit when I cast, you know? One time. Yeah. It's a I shitty mean, that, time zone, that, man. Which tournament would that be? China and SCA. It would be like... Wait, China? China would be like 2 a.m. casting for me, which would be just fine. And okay, SCA but then you wouldn't would wake up for it. SCA, no, that's, I would love to be awake and then cast later in the day. That would be amazing. Okay. SCA would be like 8 or 10 p.m. or something like that for me. So that would be probably There's the just, there's no region that would have you wake up and cast at 2 p.m. That's that just correct. doesn't exist. That's correct. So you can't have what you want. I, however, started casting at 4 p.m. That was pretty nice. Yeah, it must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah, you should try being, uh, try being in EU. You could move. God, no. We could, uh, we could buy a house together. Yeah, that would make for some great content. You know, I was actually thinking about this. I, I don't know if I could ever move because, not that, we're, I don't know why we're talking about this, but the space that I have, right, just mm -hmm. in general, being in the West Coast, I, I don't think I could ever live anywhere that's like close quarters after this. Like, I, I just love the space. I love mm -hmm. having space to walk around and not exercise and just look at the outside. What about right? having a farmhouse? Then you have space. But then you'd have to upkeep a farm. No. You just have a... Well, I don't know what that's called in English, actually. Just a, something that used to be used for farmland, but then you buy a farmhouse, and yeah, maybe it has land, but you don't need to do anything with the land. Anyway, the Lima Major... Get a robot... Uh, has been... For uh, yeah, trimming the lawn. What are those little robots called that clean your house? That would be great for a farm, right? Robot vacuum? Sure. 
Or do you mean like one that does more elaborate stuff? Because no, we have a robot vacuum and it was a godsend. The Roomba, us the Roombas that the cats like sit on. Yeah, that's a robot vacuum. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Cinder, and this is a really mm -hmm. very nice conversation. I'm having a good time. The groups imagining are over. Imagining living with you in a farmhouse. I'm going to put up the groups on screen for those that uh, are watching. And we cast mm -hmm. a bunch of these teams. So right now, the like I said, the groups are over. Everything's done and dusted. Gaming Gladiators, Team Spirit, EG, and Talon were top four in Group A. PSG, LGD, and Tundra were secured lower bracket. And then from Group A, the eliminations are TSM, Execration, and Ehome. And then for Group B, Team Liquid, Entity, Shopify, and Aster go upper bracket. Beast Coast, Hellraiser's lower bracket. Geek Slate, Bet Boom, and Knights are out. So I want to talk about a few of these teams. Go ahead. Yeah, I just quickly want to want to mention in regards to this that the reason Aster is fourth is that they won a tiebreaker against Beast Coast for upper bracket, and the reason Hellraisers are sixth is that they won a tiebreaker against Geek Slade for sixth. So those are the two tiebreaker winners, and yeah, Hellraisers with quite the recovery. But yeah, okay, go ahead. so let let's talk first about since mm. you know I'm a negative guy, Cinderin, yeah. as we all know. Let's talk about the things that surprise us in a negative sense. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it's two things. Okay. Yep. Number one, bet boom. I think that goes without yep. saying they, mm -hmm. I think we've talked about it so many times, but we think that they have the best roster on paper and they're out of the tournament already. They did not look, actually the games that we cast, they looked pretty good, but mm -hmm. then they get O2'd by their regional Hellraisers team. And they just really sucked later. And I think, I don't know if you think I was too hard on GPK, but I'm going to say it again. I think that he has the propensity, the he has a pattern of getting leads and then throwing them in embarrassing fashion. He's been doing it for like two, three years now. Mm. And I don't think this team is going to go anywhere unless that is fixed somehow. But he's done that with every team. So I don't know what, you know, obviously I don't know how the, what their inner... Uh, chemistry or whatever you want to call that is like their camaraderie with each other or how that works but uh, mm -hmm. that that's not going to work and then the second thing we in the last day which was today for me we cast knights and they won one single game the entire group stage we yeah. didn't get to cast them until today though so it was only they were already eliminated but they looked so bad that like, I was going with an open mind, like, okay, they're just getting wrecked. Like, they're not going to look too good, probably. They look so bad that... And remember, th this is the team that got accused of match-fixing and for cheating, both. Think mm -hmm. about that. Cheating in the DPC and match-fixing as well. Because the idea is, if you bet against yourself, you're going to make more money than if you get last place anyway, which they weren't going to do well. This is just the theory of why they would do it. They looked mm. so incredibly bad that I would not be surprised if both are true. I don't know how you feel about it. Like, I didn't. I was having trouble casting that game. It mm. was really bad. Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm all I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt As because. Always, yeah. Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's kind of what I do, but also we've seen we've seen stories like this before. This isn't like unprecedented that a team looks good in their region and qualifies and then just 
totally bombs out of the event. There's multiple things that could be happening. That doesn't mean that none of the speculation is happening. That doesn't mean it's necessarily untrue, but uh, I always want to be really careful with throwing around stuff like that. Like, it's fact. It's still allegations. If nothing is proven, then... Um, yeah, all yeah. I'm saying, I'm not We're saying still operating. I... I mean, it's being investigated, I'm assuming, right? Because yeah, the allegations are pretty serious from multiple teams, right? Or multiple figures in the scene that are accusing knights of doing shady shit. Um, mm -hmm. But that they were accused of that during the DPC. And I'm assuming Valve takes this stuff very seriously always. Like, integrity for them with the game is something they've always considered very important um, in the pro scene, that is. That doesn't mean that they find everything. There's been reports for years of match fixing, especially in lower divisions of China and regional tournaments. Um, but Valve have definitely cracked down on cases where they were 100% confident. And it's a bit dangerous because you really don't want false positives in this regard. Like you're, you're ending players' careers over it. So you need to be sure. Yep. And you need to have like just 100% confidence uh, proof. And uh, I'm assuming that they were investigating during the DPC and they didn't find conclusive evidence that knights were cheating, that others were allegating them of. Uh, so they let them play at the major and now they play at the major and they just didn't do well. And it could be a hundred things. It could be, it's possible that they cheated and they couldn't cheat on LAN and now they were way worse. That is one option. Another option is that they had a good grasp on the Chinese meta and they were on an upswing and they were playing well. Mm -hmm. They have very little LAN experience with their players. They get to LAN, they play against international teams, the pressure gets to them, they play poorly and their team has a meltdown. That happens all the time at LANs. Yep. So this would be you the would hundredth time. You know from experience? Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> so, um, so that's possible. And I don't know which one it is, obviously. So uh, I, I want to be clear. Fact, but not, it was very disappointing. I'm not accusing them of anything. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that this is the case. I'm saying I have never felt that way watching a team before. And mm -hmm. if it ended up being true, I would not be surprised. And I don't think I've been able to say that before ever watching Dota. And I know some teams right. have been like, sometimes a team is accused of cheating. I look at the clip like on Reddit or something and they, they end up getting banned forever. And I look and I'm like, that's, that, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they're cheating. I don't know. Like, it's really hard <laughs> to tell sometimes, but yeah. they, uh, I mean, the reason that I bring that up is because the thing that struck me is, and we talked about this on day one when we were casting, but our day two, that the average length of the game was like 40 plus minutes across yeah. everybody. And when I was going through their games today, I think they had one, maybe two games longer than 30 minutes. So they were getting absolutely stomped. It's not about them getting stomped, though. It's about them potentially GGing out really early as well when. Mm -hmm. the game's not 100% over where like a lot of these teams will drag it out as long as possible because you never know what's going to happen but right. uh, like again I don't want to I'm just saying if, if you're betting just as an example um, on the game ending before 25 minutes you're probably going to make some money if nobody else's games are less than 25 minutes right so that's right. theoretically one way to make money so yeah, that would be unfortunate but hopefully it ends up not being true and they just sucked ass on land because they don't have experience or whatever the case may can be. Happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, I think one thing that we mentioned on our cast as well is I wish the, because a lot of times when you get to the later stages, the group stage, there's nothing to play for for some teams. I think mm -hmm. having literal single digit DPC points distributed for placements towards the bottom instead of zero gives you something because last year we had Virtus Pro or 
outsiders miss out on TI by a quarter of a point. So I think people would actually take that at least a little bit seriously if there was some points on the line. Yeah. Or, yeah, prize money or points or both, right? Yeah. The prize structure in majors for me, I've, I've personally never liked this, that there's only prize money for top eight. I get that you're getting prizes in your region by qualifying to the major, so that's part of it, but um, yeah, it's just not personally a fan of these teams flying out to events and playing all this time and then going home with nothing if they don't get top eight. This even means you can start in the playoffs and not cash anything. Uh, to me, that's kind of, I don't know, you at least reach the playoff stage, but you the first four teams to get knocked out go home with zero dollars, and they might as well just have lost in the groups. It's a bit weird to me. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, on the topic of disappointments, I, I think we're pretty much on the same page. Bet boom, we both expected to do better. I expected China as a region. I want to expand on that because to me, it's not just knights. Uh, Ehome were bottom of the other group with three thirteen. I had higher hopes for them because in the region they were actually playing fast Dota and they were playing very aggressive. Um, but they just kind of got handled in this tournament. Didn't go as well. PSG LGD start lower bracket as well. Um, so the only Chinese team that makes upper is Aster, and they make it by the skin of their teeth, winning a tiebreaker. So there was, it was, there was a possibility here that we had zero Chinese teams in the upper bracket, which I don't think has happened at a major before. Um, so this could have been... This is arguably maybe China's worst showing at a Valve major ever. Um, but let's see how it plays out. Maybe Aster and uh, PSGLGD pick up their slack here, but they're the only two teams left out of 12. So, yep. <clears throat> um, Positive surprises for me. Entity being second, I was not expecting in their group. They've, uh, they've done really well for themselves. And uh, Talon getting fourth was also not something I would have chosen. Um, you picked Talon as your dark horse. Did I? So, oh, thank you for nice reminding choice. me. I didn't remember that. I picked Ehome as my dark horse. Not so good. Uh, and we both picked Tundra as our white donkey. They got sixth in their group. We're right. So I think that's pretty... We pretty much nailed that, except, I mean, they're still in, but they've probably not performed to expectations based on that result. Um, and as far as our top three runnings, we oh, I, I have Liquid, them, EG, I? and Aster. Oh, so shit. all three of mine are still in the upper. Damn. Um... And I guess EG, we could also say it's a positive surprise getting third, but I don't know if I'm that surprised at this point. That team is just really good, right? Mm. Um, and you picked Liquid, Shopify, and BetBoom. So one of yours is yeah. dead. Uh, but Shopify did also make third in their group, so very possible that they could make a deep run as well. But you're out of your top three, you can only get two right now. Yeah, after casting some of these games and watching... Liquid are just so far ahead of everybody. It's they are it's very crazy. good. Crazy. I don't. Who the hell did they even lose to? Because they lost to Bedboom, who's out, and they lost to Geek Slate, who's also out. Yeah, they drew. We should say they lost a game. Yeah, a game, a single <laughs> to game to each. So, yeah. yeah, they look crazy good. Um, I, at this point, I think I would be surprised if they don't get top three, but I would not be surprised if they don't win. I, I still think the competition is fierce enough that it's not like a, a walkover for them. But they mm -hmm. are the best team right now. That's very, very certain. Okay, so let's. Um, I'm going to bring up the playoffs brackets if you don't yep. mind. Uh, so obviously the first place in each group got to pick their opponent. So as we can see, Game and Gladiators will be playing against Aster, which means Entity gets EG. 
Yeah. Uh, Team Spirit plays against Shopify because Liquid picked talent. So we were talking about who Liquid were going to pick. Because it had to be the opposite mm-hmm. group. So it was either EG or Talon. And we thought it would be Talon because yeah. EG is on home turf and the crowd is going to be insane. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear what they're going to be like. Um, but yeah. Do you want to pick? Do you want to do favorites? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think... So I have this, I have this hope that China steps up a little bit and makes this more of a, a an international tournament where the East is represented better, and the same for Talon. I don't think Astra beats Game and Gladiators, though. I think they make a, a lower bracket run of some duration instead. So I'll pick Game in for first in this... or I'll pick Game in to win this matchup. Then I think EG will beat Entity. Uh, even though Entity looked really good in their group, I still think EG, first of all, the like you said, the whole crowd factor, and they're going to give it literally everything they've got for sure. They're going to be so motivated for the series. They're going to be pumped. Um, then Spirit against Rebellion? That's hard. <laughs> um, I guess I pick Spirit, but it's close. To be fair, all of these so far are actually close in my mind, but I... I mean, I, I have to pick, right? And then finally, Liquid will beat Talon. That's the least close one on paper for me of the four. Okay, I'll go Gaiman, EG, Shopify, Liquid. Okay, so Shopify and Spirit, we disagree. That's the one, all right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we could theorize the lower bracket if we agree on who's dropping down except that one, but maybe we just eh, stick to this for now. We can, well, we should just do the upper bracket then, right? Actually, I, I have one more thing then. So there's four teams starting in lower. Hellraisers, PSG, LGD, Beast Coast, and Tundra. Who goes farthest Ooh, of not, those four? Probably not. So Hellraisers were one and seven, and they started scrapping together a bunch of wins. So they do have momentum. Yeah. but They ended seven and nine. They're going to play against Liquid or Talon, so probably Talon, and I think they're just going to lose that game. I don't... Okay. And then LGD, they would play against Spirit or Shopify. I think they would also lose to either of those teams. Okay. Beast Coast versus... I hope it's against Entity because that would be really sad to have two South American teams go against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see Beast Coast upsetting either of them, actually. Okay. And then Tundra... I could see Tundra beating Aster, maybe. Okay. So I think the top half of the lower bracket, I don't see any upsets at all. So you're... Your pick for lowest uh, for longest starting lower bracket run is Beast Coast or Tundra? Uh God, neither probably. <laughs> okay. I think it's going to be a team that drops initially from the upper bracket. So you think neither run. of these four teams gets past round two? Is what you're saying? No, I don't think so. Okay, I. I don't know. I guess if I if I have to pick who I think of these four makes it the farthest, I think PSG LGD is going to recover a bit, but I don't think they're going to get very far. Uh, but I think they have a pretty good shot of beating their first opponent, whether it's Spirit or Shopify, coming off a loss. Um, I think that series is going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say them, but it is pretty stacked when you look at what teams can drop down, right? Mm-hmm. For these four to face, so it's hard. But 
I'll say PSGLGD makes the longest lower bracket run of the starters, and they probably get to round three. Okay. That's my bold... That even feels like a bold prediction, actually. But let's say that. Yeah. Okay, so based on what we're looking at now with the teams, I'm going to revise... Can we do a revision of our top three? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think Liquid's going to get first. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I think Shopify will okay. get third. They'll go to the lower bracket, make a small run. They'll get third. And then second... Okay, so we're doing be... exact predictions now. Yes, exact predictions. Okay, so exact top three years. I'm gonna is say liquid, EG is second. Liquid EG Shopify. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say. Do I pick Liquid to win or do I go bold here? Uh, let's say Liquid. I mean, it's the most likely, right? So Liquid first. I like that you put EG second. That's hype. That would be a fucking crazy finals, man. Yeah. Imagine that. That would be good. If an SA team made the finals of the SA Major, that would be so cool. That's my slight... I mean, I don't know if you can call them a dark horse, but it, I know that's not yeah. going to be a common pick. Uh, I think I'm going to say Liquid for... Hang on, what's the bracket? That's actually kind of important for this. Do they and Gaiman meet? When do they meet? They meet up our finals earliest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if Gaming Gladiators can get second though. Okay, so I'll I'll be a bit faster. Let's say Liquid, Spirit, and EG third. Okay, let's do that. All right, let's do that. so that is the Lima Major. Good luck to the teams. Next, uh, there was mm -hmm. a. I guess this is maybe part of this segment, but in the last blog post, which was last week, Valve, uh, there was this little segment in the blog post at the end saying, looking ahead, once the major champions have been crowned and the tour comes to a close, we look forward to unveiling our next update on March 6th. What does this mean to you? Interpretation time. Yeah, what does this mean to what you? What does unveil mean? So... Correct me if I'm wrong. I was talking to my chat, but nobody actually confirmed it. I, I remember did, I could have literally had a dream about this, and I don't know. So just correct me. Okay. Did right. Wickram tweet something, and then he took it down and revised it? Is that right? Do you remember this? Uh, he. Oh, yeah, that's true. There was something like maybe he did a tweet saying the patch comes out on March yes. 6th, and then he took it down and yes. changed it to the ma ma patch gets revealed on yes. March 6th. Or something. So that, I think, okay, so it wasn't a dream. So that, mm -hmm. to me, means it's not coming out on March 6th. So, so. There's, there's two ways of interpreting him doing that. One is that he doesn't have direct insider info from Valve, and he was just referring to the tweet, and he had to reword it because people were saying it doesn't technically say the patch comes out. The other one is he knows that the patch is not coming out, but that it just gets announced. Okay. When I read this wording... With that, without that context at all, I think the patch drops. Because when you unveil an update... It's like, are you going to give the change logs, but then not the patch? They've done that, that before. Like... They've done that before. When have they done I, that? I'm, again, you got to correct me if I'm right. wasn't, I believe 7.00, the patch notes came out like a day or two before the patch. Oh, that's actually true. Yeah. yeah, like very shortly before, but not like, okay, here are the patch notes. The patch comes out next month, you know, like that hasn't happened. Right. But... If, I, <laughs> if, if they <laughs> unveil... Some segments of the patch and then say next month people are going to get really angry. 
Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that bad, but maybe like so a week at most. That's the thing most. about this per- it's possible that they aren't fully ready to ship it, but if they announce and unveil what the patch contains on March 6th, I would I would be very surprised if it doesn't come out within the same week. Yeah, I, no, I, would, I would agree with that. I feel like the community would be up in arms. And it's like, come on, man. When is, know? hold on, March 6th. What's the last day of That's, the major? Is March uh, 5th. March 5th. And March 6th is a Monday. So they would have that whole week if you want to keep it within the week. Yeah, okay. Um. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I, I got to say, I, I really need a new patch, speaking for myself. Um, it's like a, it's a combination of things. So for me, usually what happens when a new patch comes out is that the games are more enjoyable to play because people. I think there's something in human nature almost when it comes to this, where when everything is new, people cut each other a bit more slack because they know that there's no framework for how the perfect game is played and how what you should be doing because nobody is certain and everybody's a bit blind and that makes the attitude of the games better because people in my experience in new patches are less toxic and having more fun uh, so for yeah. me that's always one of the really big things when a new patch comes out is that the average game is just more enjoyable for that reason and then there's the whole thing about the meta itself right getting stale a lot of the same heroes get picked all the time new things change etc etc so mm. it's a combination and i really hope because i've been having some very mixed experiences in the last two months playing dota with my enjoyment of just playing the game um so i, I hope this is going to help i i need some fresh on that so i'm looking forward to that well if not you always got world of warcraft that is true. Where you relive old patches, and that's apparently fun. <laughs> uh, uh, don't worry, people can be toxic there too. But yeah, um, not as much, I'm sure. It's different. Another uh, little blog post that Valve made: cheaters will never be welcome in Dota. This was on the 21st, so yep. about a week ago. Today, we permanently banned over 40,000 accounts that were using third-party software to cheat in Dota over the last few weeks. This software was able to access information used internally by the Dota client and wasn't visible during normal gameplay, giving the cheater an unfair advantage. I don't think I want to read this whole thing, but mm -hmm. uh, what were your thoughts when you read this? Yeah, so effectively, Valve disclosed what strategy they used to catch the cheaters, which was effectively, they were sending... Uh, they recognized that the cheat was pulling information uh, from somewhere. So they put in, they, re, they changed something in the code that only the cheats would read. Mm -hmm. And they would know that they read it. And therefore, they could, with extremely high confidence, target the people that read that data. Because everybody with a regular client doesn't read that. And they called it a, honey, a honeypot, uh, effectively. So they kind of trapped, they trapped the cheat. Um, get fucked nerds which is which is clever i mean i think that's a it's probably a pretty common strategy within this field but for us with very little knowledge of it it seems it, it's just a really smart way of doing it right um and i i think people underestimate how valuable it is when you're catching cheaters that you don't announce stuff until you've hit a really hard ban wave because Cheats versus protection is like, it's, it's an arms race all the time where, okay, now the cheats know what Valve did and now they can change and try to fix and, and mm. work around it, etc. And if you update all the time and you take out a couple of accounts every time and then the cheat updates, then you hit way less people. 
I think a better counter cheating strategy is finding some sort of way to target a lot of people at once and then you collect the data over time and you, you acknowledge that there are games being cheated in and these cheaters are playing more games, but then you hit a really big ban hammer at the same time um, so that you make, like a, you make a statement and you make it less appealing for people to look into getting cheats because you can see that a lot of people get hit at once and it's not like just small outliers that got banned. Has it something. affected your games at all? Um, I don't think I've noticed. Hang on, so when was this ban wave? You said the 21st? Yeah. Because I have not been playing very much Dota lately. I'm actually going to check when my last game was. Because like I said, I was a well, bit burned out, right? They said they did. They were banning them over the course of two weeks, I think is what I read, right? So. Okay. Um, so it wasn't Just like anecdotally over day. two weeks. I don't think that has been noticeable in that case. But if it is since this announcement, then it is definitely not noticeable. Because I think my last game was actually before that. I've taken a bit of a break. Um, let me check here. Not that it's that important, but... My last game was, uh, here it is, on the 15th, actually, so 12 days ago. Okay. Very good. All yeah. right. So... Uh, but obviously amazing, right? Um, and I think the community really appreciated this because this, this is what's tricky, right? You really want to do this stuff and make the game better. Um, and there was a lot of community outcry that there's too much smurfing, too much cheating, all this stuff, and quote-unquote Valve doesn't care has been like a, a story that has been spreading. So I think this was very... It doesn't feel like just a symbolic thing, you know? 40,000 accounts is a lot of accounts. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's cheaters that weren't caught, but... It's a substantial dent, and it sends a message both to the cheaters and to the community at once. So I think this is... I mean, obviously, all of us think this is good, right? But um, Yeah, and I know people, some people, at least on Reddit, want this to be expanded to include... Is it called Dota Plus as well? It's not the yeah, in-game so Dota Plus, it's the third-party software one, the Overwolf thing. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a discussion. There seems to be less agreement among the community about whether you should be allowed to um i mean the thing is according to the game's own rules you can hide your match data right and people can't get it so they can't see what your history is but there's tools that can find that history mm. so i would i mean i would argue if it's not intended by the game it is a cheat but it's way less severe than cheating live during gameplay you're getting an advantage in the draft and that's it but i mean that's to me that's still a cheat if it's if you're supposed to, as a player, protect yourself from a certain aspect of the game uh, by the game itself, and you can circumvent that with third-party software, to me, that identifies as a cheat. But mm -hmm. So I personally don't consider it a gray area. The discussion that people are having is whether you should be able to fully hide your match data, because then it's like, then you have players that like spam two or three heroes, and you have no way of knowing, and then they just play their best heroes. And I'm like, okay, well, part of the game, right? Like, these players are just good at something. Deal with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah i don't know I, I don't understand the argument that people should not be allowed to hide match data because they're supposed to be better at the game and play more different heroes or whatnot uh, I, to me it's just bogus but whatever um yeah we'll see if valve do something about that as well um I doubt but it. definitely in like I levels of severity that's way way lower down the list yep. than people using hacks agreed Okay.
Uh, next thing on the list is Ability Arena Season 5. Season 5. Is coming in two days. It's going to have some stuff in it, Cinderin. Stuff. Some good stuff. Good uh, stuff. Even though I haven't tweeted this out as an official announcement yet because Buka is the one that makes all the graphics and he's at <laughs> the major working. Yeah. Uh, but the Dota Tooltips extension now has support for Ability Arena. So if somebody nice. has a working version of the tooltips, I know there's still a bunch of streams that they haven't installed it correctly. That's user error. If it's working for one stream, it works for all of them. But yep. it'll come up with like a little on-screen display that shows like glossary of all the gods and all the abilities and all that stuff. That's nice. Um, <clears throat> and I thought, I don't know how interested people are in like the game dev side of things, but I figured if there's something that I find interesting that I've learned that mm -hmm. I would share on the podcast and maybe somebody, I don't know. I don't know if this is something that people care about or not, but the way that, and of course I knew a lot of this going in, but I've learned a lot since, but arcade games in Dota, the way to mm -hmm. make money is to cater to Chinese players. We've talked about this before. Right. The Western audience is much smaller. It's basically three regions. There's China, Russia, mm -hmm and then everybody else. And the everybody right. else is smaller <laughs> than those other two regions by a long shot. Uh, Russia, uh, it's difficult to get like payments from them because of all the sanctions and whatnot. I think there mm -hmm. technically is some stuff you can do, but I think it's using like crypto and we just haven't looked into that bullshit. And then China, that's the big one. And it is so... What's the right way to explain it? The differences in their scene are so crazy like how it's just a 180 from what we're used to so mm -hmm. for our game we i think very clearly based on what the stats that i look at have the biggest western audience of any custom game but that doesn't even mean we're top 10 in player base oh, shit. and <laughs> like when we get to like obviously there was a big uh, explosion of player base in the early start and then it would taper off and we learned a lot of things about how to maintain player base and whatnot. basically tapered off into like on the low end it would be 300 people playing and the peak for every day would be like 600 let's say 650 something like that mm -hmm. but since then uh, in the last couple of weeks we had a promotion in China actually which I know nobody's going to know about this because it's using <clears throat> God, what is their website called their Twitch website. Um, um, Billy Billy is what it was, oh. I think. And we paid... Uh, do you know the, the caster named DC? Yes. So he's a, he's a streamer in China now, pretty much full-time. He's not like one of the big, big ones because we could not afford them. That's a ridiculous amount of money. But he's like mm -hmm. the next tier, and he plays custom games a decent amount. So we paid him to play for... I think four days. And at first we didn't really see much of a difference in the player base, but uh, then we started noticing there's a lot of people from SEA playing, but that's because it's Chinese people that are playing on SEA servers because that's just what they do right. apparently. Um, so our player base has actually gone up at like by 30% or so. So we're getting like peak thousand every day now, which is really good. Uh, but then it comes to like, how do you get payment from Chinese players? The way they do things is so much different. It's insane. Like, mm -hmm. we have to, we have Stripe, which you get payments 
like we have two different accounts. One is PayPal, one is Stripe. PayPal is basically just US, Stripe is everybody else, but Stripe is cool because you can get many different kinds of payments coming into Stripe. So like uh, Alipay, WeChat Pay, all this stuff. But mm -hmm. And maybe somebody can enlighten us because I haven't gotten enough information about this to really understand, but we're getting all these payments that are failing from China when they're using WeChat Pay. And we're trying to understand, like the only errors that we see is the bank is denying it, whatever the fuck that means. Like, oh. there's so many like things that don't go through the firewall that aren't okay. Like the number four is literally asterisked out in our 4.5 in Chinese because the number four is uh, considered a like an evil thing or something that it literally is mm. a sensor for the number four. Like get just, patch 5.0 out ASAP. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just learning. It's it's really fascinating because on some level, like obviously we're catering to our Western audience, but the Chinese audience, they love pay to win for some reason. It's like a status mm -hmm. thing or from what I've been told from the people that are helping us. But it's just, there's just, it's like a different world. It's so crazy, yeah. but we're, we're learning quite a bit and yeah, the player base is looking good. Money, not so good, but hopefully we can fix that with this 5.0. We'll see. I mean, the, the interesting thing to hear is if there's a culture that embraces i mean i mean it's not a secret right you can tell that so many games have like a lot of pay to win or pay for convenience or whatever right nowadays compared to what they used to but <clears throat> it's something we've been talking about in the past on the podcast about just overall the direction that gaming has taken compared to a decade ago if the arguably the biggest at least one of the biggest international markets in gaming especially with mobile games is going in a direction that celebrates play to pay to win it's very understandable why game devs are doing it. It just sucks for a lot of the Western audience that don't, right? Yeah. Like, I really don't like pay to win. It's a huge turnoff for me for a game. It's like, okay, well, what's the point in, for me in investing time or getting good at this if somebody's just swiping their card to beat me, right? I'm just like, okay, then I, then I genuinely don't care anymore. Yeah. And if, when it gets from, to a, from like a game design so, perspective, obviously, I'm not okay with having a pay to win game mm -hmm. either, but there needs to be something some sort of an incentive. Yeah. So it's like this weird balance between the Western and, I mean, I, I don't think you can survive on just the Western audience. I think we've shown mm -hmm. that. Uh, but if we can entice some of the Chinese players to open up their wallets as well. I mean, the, the really strange thing is like, you have this, uh, so this is the real roadblock for us, not to get technical, but we can move on after this. But mm -hmm. essentially in game, uh, like right now, when somebody clicks on something to buy, it goes to our website, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine for the most part, but a lot of the other Chinese mods we've noticed, <clears throat> they have like a QR code built in to the in-game oh, thing. So you can clever. just scan yeah. your phone with WeChat Pay and just immediately pay. We cannot, right. again, this is just according to my devs because I'm not going to know any of this stuff firsthand. We literally cannot do that without a Chinese bank account. And there's no way right. I can get a Chinese fucking <laughs> bank account. So mm -hmm. it's just such a strange problem. And it's like, I don't know, trying to overcome the language barrier is huge, obviously. The culture is just so much different. Catering to them is so much like just... It's really fascinating though. stuff. Yeah, it's it interesting. is. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that patch is going to come out in a couple days and it's going to be pretty big. So hopefully you guys look forward to that. Right. And the final topic, and I think we might do a mailbag question as well, because this topic's not going to be very long. 
But Microsoft and NVIDIA announce expansive new gaming deal. Partnership will bring blockbuster lineup of Xbox games, including Minecraft and Activision titles like Call of Duty, to NVIDIA GeForce Now cloud gaming service. So it's a 10-year partnership to bring Xbox and PC games to the GeForce Now cloud gaming service, which now has more than 25 million members in over 100 countries. So I still have not used... I mean, I don't... I don't know if this is catered to me, the cloud gaming mm-hmm. stuff, because I have a you know a capable PC. But this thing is getting big. Like Stadia obviously died, but I think that's in big part mm-hmm. because of GeForce Now is actually successful. And the fact that you can play, and we talked about this when Xbox first, you know, made this transition to being able to play their games on the PC and the future like future proofing everything. This is just adding more uh accessibility to people that don't want to buy the Xbox sex bot or whatever the fuck they call it these days, right? <laughs> so I don't know if you have any thoughts, but I just thought it was interesting because this is something I'm just keeping my eye on, even though I don't mm-hmm. use the the service. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, right? It's a it's a classic Microsoft strategy. We tried something or, or we we do something ourselves or we try something ourselves, others do it better, we buy it, right? Like um obviously Stadia what your example was not run by Microsoft, right? That was Google. Um yep. but there's plenty of avenues recently, or I say recently, but in the last few years, where Microsoft is is buying in, right? Um, that's obviously the power that they have with how huge their company is. So they're trying to get a foot in the door on multiple things, and this is one of them. Um, yeah, I can't speak from experience here. I don't really, I've never used a service like this, but the fact that there's 25 million members is pretty surprising to me. I didn't think it was this big um, that so many people make use of this. I would assume that the vast majority of the members are probably in, I'm going to say SCA, right? I have no clue. Um, I mean, the idea is you don't need a good computer, just guess, just like, but you do yeah. need like at least a pretty good connection. Like the internet's going to be mm-hmm. the more important aspect. The reason I say SCA is that my, my impression is that in, or maybe, maybe SCA in China actually, is that parts of, parts of Asia, it's way more common and way more popular for people to play mobile games. And they don't invest as much as the West does into a gaming desktop or mm-hmm. laptop. Um, so for them, this is obviously an, a great deal if you either can't afford a high-end gaming rig or if you can afford it but feel like it's not worth it because most of what you're playing is on mobile. But maybe there's a couple of PC games you're like, oh, this would be cool to play. And then you can get the subscription instead of buying a full rig. So um, you can just have something else that can run it. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Uh I don't really have much of a take on it. Like like you said, both of us don't really use this, but I'm very curious to see how big this gets and if we reach a point at some point where it could potentially get bigger and reach the more of a Western audience as well. I'm again it's speculation. I could be wrong. Like maybe this is big in the US and I just have no idea. Yeah, but, I would actually be so um, for people that are watching and listening, if you could comment on YouTube and tell us if you use it why mm-hmm. you use it and what's like attractive to you because i i'm genuinely interested as well to know because uh, i like you said haven't really looked into it haven't really seen any like if i have a capable computer i don't think there's a point as far as i know to getting it mm-hmm. but i mean the xbox pass is another thing though i don't know if this is integrated or not but that that one makes a little bit more sense you're paying like a monthly fee but you get access to a huge library like that one sure right. but that's not cloud gaming so mm-hmm. yeah interesting is the word we'll leave yep. it at. Patreon mailbag, Cinderman, from okay. question from The Watermelon. 
Uh, how slash when did you two meet? What was your first cast together? Did you ever think you would continue this far together? When did we meet? TI2? Yeah, do you, I actually remember exactly where we met. We you were probably taking a Snickers in the Players' Lounge. No. Oh, I mean, that could have been. See, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I... I mean, uh, maybe I'm... No, you are a robot, so this does make more sense, but I'm not really the type that would remember something like this. I actually remember exactly when I started, like I introduced myself to you. Okay. Because I, I'm not as good at remembering moments like that, to be that's honest. That's fine. The reason I remember is because mm -hmm. I've grown a lot in weight and other areas, but I was so antisocial. Maybe antisocial is not the right. I was very awkward, like I had a hard time talking to people that I didn't know. If they came up right. to me and started a conversation, it's fine. But me doing it for some reason, like I don't really give a shit anymore. But that was something I always struggled with in like high school or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, because I remember we were outside. There was a big group of people. I, f I don't remember where we were walking, probably to like the Valve offices for a tour or something. Mm -hmm. And I saw you and I'd recognize you from like Cass and everything. And I introduced myself to you, and we started talking and walking. So that's when we met. It was in Seattle, TI2, like you said, TI2, right? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, and the second question is, when was your first cast together? I don't remember that. Was it Captain's Draft? Was, surely we didn't just start with Captain's Draft. Uh... Because I remember pitching to you, this I do remember, part of our conversation, mm -hmm. and maybe it wasn't like on our first meet or whatever, but... I pitched the idea of you joining Dota Cinema mm -hmm. as the head of esports or whatever the fuck bullshit title that you ate up. Uh, <laughs> uh, because obviously Dota Cinema was uh, big back then. And pitched the idea of doing tournaments and potentially casting together at some point. And you were into the idea. But I don't think you'd ever heard me cast because... No, so I think that's where you're wrong. Because... I remember you talking about it and I was like, this sounds really fun because I had listened to like one or two of your casts. You were doing tri-casts with, was it Reeves and Zeno at oh, the time? Yeah. yeah. What, were, what were you called again? GLHF casting. Yes, GLHF. <laughs> and I, I think I'd heard two of your casts or something because you did start casting some Dota, right? It was mainly Han a that you did, but bit. you cast a bit of Dota. Yeah. Um, and I listened to it and I thought, I really liked... I liked the style and it sounded like you guys were just having fun. You know, it was like fresh. It was a bit different from the general casting that Dota had. And I was like, I think this could be cool because I really liked what I heard from you in the bit of casting I heard. So that's why I didn't really hesitate when you asked because I was like, this is going to be good, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I had heard it before. I wasn't just blindly going in like, yeah, oh, another caster. Cool. Yeah, let's do it, you know? Um, hmm. That's cool to know. So that's why. But I don't remember when we cast our first game. The first real tournament we did was definitely the one we ran ourselves right captain's draft 2.0 yeah um i'm trying to remember how that came about exactly because i remember we what somehow, year was that 2014 something like that and you were the I one think, maybe 2013 even actually no, probably 2014 okay whatever you I had a, you brought a sponsor on before we even had the concept of a tournament i believe because right. i remember so, us having a conversation with that sponsor mm-hmm and that's when I pitched the idea of maybe doing Captain's Draft as the mode. Yep. I don't know how the fuck you got a sponsor 
<laughs> so Tell me your secrets. The reason I remember this, so at, at the XMG, time... right? Yes. So at the time, I, I was playing for Mouse Sports for TI3, right? Mm-hmm. And XMG was the one of Mouse Sports' sponsors for that. Um, and I, so I'd been talking to the guy. I, he doesn't work there anymore, I think, Chris, uh, or hasn't for a while. He moved on to, I think, Red Bull. I don't know if he works there anymore, but... That's the last I heard, too. Um, but yeah, I, I'd been talking to him. They were sponsoring my stream as well. My stream around TI3 was really big, actually. Um, back then... I remember having, yeah, very different viewership than I do nowadays. So what was, was big back of, then? I don't even remember. Uh, Dendi, I think. No, like Dendi what, what and viewership Dread was considered big. Oh, what was big? Uh, five to ten k was a big stream. That it still is a big stream. I thought yeah, it would be a so lot. I remember. Huh. I remember vividly. There was one day I was streaming, and I it was either Dread or Dendi that raided me, and I got into five digits, and to me that was like a that was a the benchmark for an amazing stream but i was i was generally pulling a couple of thousands i think because obviously which has always been the case with the dota audience people watch uh predominantly active pro players there's a very there's a very pro-centric twitch audience uh for dota there's very few streamers that aren't pros that have good viewership it's mainly i think it's mainly bulldog and sing to be honest and both of them started from pro dota right they didn't build their audience out of nowhere this there's like not a single big Dota streamer that wasn't a pro in the West. There's, I think Eastern Europe has one or two that are really big that weren't pros. But um, anyway, that was a, a bit of a tangent. So I was working with Chris at the time through XMG, and then he just uh, we we were talking about this, and I was like, hey, this could maybe be something you would be interested in. And he jumped on the opportunity. He had a budget. He was like, yeah, let's do it. It sounds fun. Uh, and he was a big fan of of doing things differently and having like a fresh take. So mm-hmm. the whole captain's draft thing, he didn't need convincing. He just immediately thought it was a good idea. That's how I remember it was that we, he was really, when we worked together with him, it was basically like every time we wanted to do something different, he was like, hell yeah, let's do it <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Right. Yeah. It was so easy to that's convince very him, refreshing sure. to not be like handcuffed by the sponsor that wants like really specific things or whatever i mean obviously they want to return on their investment right so obviously had to be something going the other way you acknowledge that but we got to run the tournament the way we wanted to um oh do you remember we were casting that on mlg tv oh my god that's right that was so bad it was before it went Uh. so that was mlg's kind of last ditch effort before they went bankrupt right they had their own streaming service that we got to deal with for that tournament 20k Um, i think (laughs) yeah which at the time was a a significant chunk for a prize pool, right? That we yeah. got out of there. Um, obviously, we had to stream it there for exclusivity, and that was part of the deal. Um, yep, that was. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was still well received, other than MLG part. But uh, I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't know how often we cast together when it wasn't like Captain Jeff. I know we did like DAC a little bit. Uh, There's a big DAC tournament, maybe a hub here or there. And then Captain's Draft 2 was the the biggest one by far. My god, that was a that was a special tournament actually. I remember Nikki you know was what? doing I, Yes. Sorry, no, just finish off your thought. I just want to correct myself after. Nikki was doing production for Captain's Draft 2 in our apartment. That's the place we got robbed. Uh so that yeah, was before oh, we got robbed Jesus. obviously. So this was pre-TI4, yeah. I think, when I did the mm-hmm. noob stream and we, I think to this day in the Dota scene, I could be wrong, but this is what I remember. In the Western scene, if you just don't count China, 
still the largest prize pool uh, injection from the community outside of like Valve events, obviously. Like for yep. third party, that's fucking insane. They let us do a it compendium. A we put in 50K, ended up being 276K. <laughs> insane, man. In fucking was, insane. It was such a banger jugger set. And That's Kunkka himself made that jug set. So we had Kunkka make that set, the <laughs> jugger set, and then we had a compendium with a lich set as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that tournament was. It was very it was very profitable. It was very successful, and it was probably so good that Valve shut it down after. Then you couldn't get sets with your tournaments anymore. So that kind of it made it a lot less appealing to run truth. it back. You yes, know? literally is the but truth. It 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 really is the case okay so i just want to correct myself on streamers i don't know how we missed this shannon but obviously gorg there is a big western streamer that is not oh but he's different. i mean two, he's played some pro dota it's not he's not like top tier elite uh tier one player but he's played he has still played i don't know if it's fair to say he's not a pro right it's like it's like borderline because he's like he has this fun stack that still plays division two you know it's still and he's still playing high level in the pubs. He's not like uh, in the middle of the pack of the Dota community, right? He's still high immortal. So mm -hmm. he's still like, I don't know. I think maybe it's fair to say he's not a pro, but... Well, Grubby um, would be the other one. But that's Grubby, Grubby is the especially. probably the best exception. Uh, but he's a pro from another game. So he's still a, a yeah. very established pro gamer, right? Um, and I think a huge part of his audience derives from just the power of his name, right? That people want to watch Grubby do something, mm -hmm. um, but he's definitely built himself up in Dota. I'm not going to deny it. It's very impressive that his. I think what a lot of people find enticing about his stream is that he is a pro gamer from another game that comes into an incredibly complex game and tries to make sense of it the most effect effective way he can and get better. Right. Uh, I think Grubby's close to ancient now. And when did he start? Year and a half ago, something like that. It's not been I don't a know year. There's been. no way it's been a year and a half. Has it? It's maybe remember. maybe a year, if that. Mm. It's less than a yeah. year, I think. So yeah, that's a very that's a very unique angle, which is is very cool. But yeah, I, I still think even if my point has a little bit of flaws, the, the main pattern in Dota compared to a lot of other games in Twitch stands true that people overwhelmingly on streams watch active pros or um yeah, pro players or successful tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, previous tournament players right so um yeah it's a bit of a, a different thing than other games and i guess maybe it ties a little bit in with the whole thing that we've talked about with twitch viewership in general for dota that people watch dota so many people that watch dota don't watch other games right they're interested in this one thing and this one thing only and if you have that mindset that you're very much into one game there's a high chance that you're like more competitive about it and then you're maybe more likely to watch it to watch the best and get better yourself and mm -hmm. maybe not as much for fun right where maybe a lot of other games or a lot of the huge twitch streamers aren't like competitive at any of the games they play right they're just entertaining they interact a lot with their chat they have like it's a totally different like style than what dota streams are um so it caters more to like competitive viewership overall so I to guess. finish off the question, did you ever think you would continue this far together? No, of course not. This is a, uh, this is a long partnership, partner. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't ever really 
I don't. Did you actively reflect on that when we started working together? You were like, "This is not going to last." No, but <laughs> no, but so I, like when you ask a question like, "Did you ever think?" It's like I didn't ever really think about that. So I mean, that's that's a more accurate. You're you're yeah. You're dissecting this like a robot. So yes, mm -hmm. that's the robot that's answer. But the actual yes. answer is no. Uh, I mean, I think for us it was kind of weird though because we would cast off and on together, but you were casting with Toby mostly and. Mm -hmm. uh my style of casting was polarizing to say the least yeah and eventually you know infecting people with whatever the <laughs> fuck that i have over time over a long period it took a decade <laughs> but uh i think the podcast definitely helped i think For sure. uh i mean we were good friends before that but this just uh I think took it to probably another level, I guess, in terms of yeah. the partnership, because it's more consistent. I think that's the big thing. Because, like, obviously our cast, I thought they were hilarious and great. I love doing them in the captain's draft. Mm -hmm. But how often did we do a captain's draft? You didn't even do captain's draft three, right? Was that during? Was that while it was with Escape? Maybe. I don't. Remember. I'm trying to. Oh, if you mean the land. that was the one in. <clears throat> oh, you maybe did some online. Actually, that's true. Yeah. But you didn't come so to the, I did yeah. I did the land in Washington. Yeah. But the and one that was, was at my house. Captain's draft four, right? Yeah. That was the one in Washington, yeah. So three was the one at my house. But yeah, you probably did online with me at some point. Mm -hmm. So don't remember. Okay. Um, okay, so chat is saying Grubby started playing in August. If that is actually true, then he's got ancient in half a year. So then I was very wrong. Um pretty just, good. Pretty good. That's quite impressive. I mean, it's a very difficult game. Even if you're a pro gamer, it he, he's putting in the volume. That That is a very big part of getting good at Dota that, I mean, is, is obvious, right? But a lot of people are always talking about, oh, how do I get better? What do I need to focus on? A lot of it is literally just, just play the game a lot of hours <laughs> because mm. there's so much you need to learn first before you can really start looking at details and appreciating them. It's, uh, I don't know, what would you say the barrier of entry to this game is? Like, maybe that's the wrong term, but like... Masochism. In, in order to... Okay, let me try to rephrase this. How long do you think you need to play Dota before you understand what's going on in most situations? Like, okay, what spells were just being cast? How did I die? Uh, what, just, what the fuck just happened? I, it's definitely well in the hundreds of hours, right? Before you even understand what's going on well, on the I, screen. I have a hard time quantifying so, what hundreds of hours means, but years. Yeah. It would take years. I, I think Grubby, for example, now, after playing since August, I think he can look at any team fight and understand what happened. That doesn't mean he plays it well or that he understands like in depth what genius plays were necessarily, mm -hmm. but he'll be able to look through a team fight and see what spells were cast, how did somebody win, what was the key moment, stuff like that. Yeah. I think that takes at least hundreds of hours before you're even there where you can make sense of what's going on. And then when you can do that, you can start getting like actually a lot better because then you can replicate things and understand what to do but it's it's a game of of sample really there's other games where you can probably get really good in like a year i just don't think it's possible in dota i think you take the most talented player of all time and you throw him into dota and give him a year he's, he's not going to be very good yet it's just not possible yep game's too big unless he's a unless he's ai yeah i mean that's then they're not playing a year, right? The AI plays 100,000 years. So. But on your timeline, it's a year. 
Which timeline are we talking about here? Oh, nice. Okay, that does. Thank you for the question of the watermelon. It's always yeah. nice to look back. Thank you. Stuff like that. Uh, okay, that does it for this week. Um, and obviously, depending on when this. Wait, when is March sixth? Let's say the patch comes out on March sixth. That is. It's exactly a week from today. So. Yep. I don't know if when the next podcast episode is going to be, but it. It could be earlier than usual, let's say, if the patch is there. But yeah, and when we say earlier than usual, we mean earlier than usual next week. Yes, um, or earlier We're not doing an episode Thursday. on Thursday. There will not be enough new stuff to talk about in two days, three days' time. No. Sure. I'm sure we could still fill an hour if we had to, but I we mean, won't. I guess. We won't do that. Yeah. Okay, that does it for this week. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good week. Enjoy the Lima Major. Hype! Bye! We say things that don't mean anything. But thankfully, it's something.